You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Age of Radio. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Because it's sports talk with Cooper and Big Man. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time once again, Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. This is Big Man, and joining me once again, Brother Cooper. Cooper, how you doing, brother? Uh, I guess I'm the brother Cooper today. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. You ready to get into this? Some wrestling talk, baby? Yes, sir. As always, Saturday is wrestling talk day, and that is a good day for us. So, Especially for Cooper. Yes, sir. <laughs> so let's get down to it, and we'll dive into Monday Night Raw. And neither of us are fired. Yay! <laughs> so far. All right, here we go. Starting off, we had AJ Styles and almost taking on the New Day in a tag team championship match. AJ Styles and almost returned to the Red Brand for the first time since winning the Raw tag team titles last month at WrestleMania, only to be ridiculed by the New Day for their multiple week vacation. In the subsequent Raw tag team rematch, however, the New Day failed to reclaim their titles from AJ Styles and almost after Styles hit the phenomenal forearm on, on Xavier Woods off the towering shoulders of his own personal. Colossus. So Cooper, the New Day, failed to recapture the titles. Yeah, and and AJ Styles did what AJ Styles does, and he sat back, he picked his moment, and he let he let almost beat on him pretty much. So and they came away with a victory. Um I I remember at the end of the match, Corey Graves saying, you know, they may be the tag team champions forever because who's going to take it off them? And, and this this might be true because almost he's not very, he's not very athletic in the ring. Um, he's a big dude, mm-hmm. but when you can't, when you can't knock a tree down, there's no way you're going to do anything to him. So, yeah. Well, we'll see what happens because I have the sneaky suspicion that there's a good opportunity for a rising, newly formed tag team coming up the ranks. Hmm. That has a very devi- 
biggest slithering snake in the team that was quite capable of doing things to get this, victories. This is true, yeah. And we'll be talking about them shortly. All right, next up, Charlotte Flair took on Dana Brooke after being reinstated to Raw from her indefinite suspension. I don't know why it said suppression. That's weird. <laughs> By WWE <laughs> official Sonya Deville. And celebrating with a victory over Mandy Rose last week, the Queen kicked out of Dana Brooke Swanton off the top rope and made her opponent tap out to a figure eight leg lock. When Flair wouldn't break, out, break it after the bell, though, Rose stepped in through the ropes and knocked her out of the ring. Excuse me. Afterward, Deville added Flair to the WrestleMania Backlash Women Tag, I mean, women's title match, sorry, to make it a triple threat match. In response, Rhea Ripley and Asuka both voiced their displeasure, and it wasn't long before chaos erupted between all three superstars. I, I mean, is this is there any freaking doubt with this, dude? I mean, she wasn't able to be at WrestleMania. She was the number one contender. Mm-hmm. And because of COVID prot- protocol, she wasn't able to be there. So, or quote-unquote in suspension. Uh, you know, we, we, we know this was going to happen. Yeah, it was more Which it, time. Which it, is cool, though, because, I mean, you know, Asuka and, and uh, Charlotte Flair have a good rivalry, and so do Charlotte and Ripley. So. Yep. This is this is going to be quite interesting at Backlash. Yeah, it's going to make for a very interesting triple threat match. Um, Asuka seems to be kind they of might, a weaker yeah. out of the opponents. Yeah, they might tear the house down. Who knows? Yeah, possible main event. I would think so. Yeah, it would be a good main event to have. Uh, calling back to the main event at WrestleMania a few years back when Becky Lynch beat Charlotte in that triple threat match along with uh, Ronda Rousey. Yeah, man. It yeah. became Becky Two Belts. <laughs> two Belts. Yep. The man became the man that night. Yep. And Rollins became the woman. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Couldn't help myself. Anyways, moving on. Damian Priest took on John Morrison. After helping the New Day pelt Mel, uh, The Miz and Morrison, Elias, and Jackson Riker with tomatoes last week, Damian Priest took on the Shaman of Sexy. When the A-lister's distraction backfired, it opened the door for the Archer of Infamy to triumph with a Hit the Lights. Yeah, man. Uh, really, the big deal with this match is Damian Priest is so much bigger than John Morrison. Oh, yeah. Um, John Morrison does have the experience, but, you know, sometimes you just can't get past that big dude. He just, he gets you. So. Yeah, sometimes being the bigger person in a match can be all what you need rather than just experience. Uh, and I don't know what the hell John Morrison is doing with his hair lately. <laughs> but, I don't know. Uh, this 80s, like, woman hairstyle he's got. I'm like, what is this shit? Like, sure, you give Morrison a hard time, but you're okay with soccer mom AJ Styles. <laughs> well, at least he's not all done up with hairspray looking like freaking something out of the show Glow. No. Yeah, that's what it reminds me of. It's like, you were all that show, dude, so you, you're paying homage to... For your one episode blow. appearance? Or was it two? It was a couple, I think. I think he had like, think two. like two episodes. Yeah, the very beginning, that was it. He's like a trainer or whatever. Yeah, and that quickly ended. <laughs> All right, next up we had Lucha House Party taking on Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. The former members of the Hurt Business looked to get back on the winning track against the Lucha House Party. After Grand Metal League pinned, Shel- pinned Shelton Benjamin with the elbow off the top ropes, and irate Cedric Alexander seized the mic, declared Shelton the weak link in, of the team, and made it clear he was done with his tag team partner. Well, I mean, we've all seen this imploding for weeks now. Um, you know, being the fact that Bobby dropped him, mm-hmm. 
And they, they can't get on a winning streak for nothing. Like they just lost a Lucha House Party. Right. Yeah. We knew it was going to be over soon. Yeah. It, it was an odd pairing of a tag team to begin with. With the simple fact that Cedric Alexander was quite the showboat. And uh, Shelton Benjamin did not appreciate that. And now to have them being dumped by the Hurt Business and continue their losing streak. Yeah, been... which is kind of, well, I think what it is, is it's it's two big-ass egos that want to be the bigger of... Let's team, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, Shelton Benjamin himself has a big ego, too. And he mm-hmm. likes the spotlight. And I mean, we've seen it for years. So, I mean, well, it's, 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 it's cool to see him back. I'm glad he's back, but... It's like every time they bring somebody back, they always throw them in a tag team, and then we'll see how this works. Yeah. It's like Cedric Alexander. The dude is great, dude. He could be like an Intercontinental Champion. He could be a U.S. title holder. He could be somebody good, dude. I've watched him since since uh, he was in the Independence and you know, and mm-hmm. in Carolina. And it's like, dude, like this guy has the it factor. He can be somebody great, but. Like we say with WWE, there's so many talents on one roster that there's there's not enough room for everyone. So Right, it's crazy how that ends up working out. Alright, next up we had Angel Garza taking on Drew Gulak. After mocking the suave Angel Garza, Drew Gulak battled the lethal Lothario. After Garza emerged victorious with the wing clipper, he placed his flower in an uncomfortable position and added a kick for bad measure. Uh, uh, should we talk about where this flower was placed? I really don't want to. <laughs> uh, this is good, dude. Mm-hmm. This is entertaining. So you know, whatever. Right. That's all I'm gonna say. All right. Let's keep it at that. Let's keep try to keep it as PG thirteen as we can. Why not? All right. Next up, we have that tag team that I was referring to earlier. The RK Bro taking on Elias and Jackson Riker. After Elias and Jackson Riker accidentally covered Randy with rotten tomatoes while trying to get even with the New Day backstage, the Viper and his RK Bro partner, Riddle, reigned supreme over the fruit wielding assailants with Orton hitting an RKO on Riker and Riddle hitting the floating bro on Elias for the pin. Hey man, they they gotta set him up to be a good tag team, and what better way to do it than than to beat Riker and Elias, dude? Because uh-huh. I mean. It's a good way to start them off, so. Yes, sir. They've been uh, getting some momentum and steam going. That's why I think we'll be seeing them in the title picture soon. Which would be nice. Yes, sir. Next up, Sheamus taking on Monsoor. Moments after signing his WWE contract and becoming a superstar on Monday Night Raw, Monsoor was offered the opportunity of a lifetime when Sheamus invited him to a match. Monsoor I said I think it was supposed to be refused, but they forgot the F. To lay down for the Celtic Warrior, which set the stage for a heated showdown. But before winner could be determined, Umberto Carrero emerged and attacked the Celtic Warrior as payback for an attack earlier in the night. Nonetheless, Sheamus roared back and hit the bro kick on both Umberto and Mansoor. Hmm. Good to see Mansoor doing something other than the, you know, what was it, the royal rumble thing he won the saudi arabia stuff yeah, yeah it, it's nice to see him finally on the main roster um 
Kofi's been training well. It looks like it was a good match. It just looks like he got his ass beat most of it. So Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, you're going against Sheamus, so... Right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's a he's an angry Irishman, so... Yeah, he doesn't drink enough. No, I don't he, he, he needs to. That's, that's one thing I liked about him in the bar. <laughs> they drink enough. They drink enough. And then when him and Drew, Drew uh, McIntyre hang out, so... Well, not anymore. Not anymore. But you know what I mean. Supposedly. <laughs> yeah. Best friends always make better enemies. So That's right. Whatever. So next up, we had Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, the women's tag team champions, taking on Naomi and Lana in a tag team title match. Naomi and Lana hoped to ma- hoped to make Jack uh, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler feel the glow and walk out as new women's tag team champions. But Reginald would interfere, however, and it would cost the challenger valuable seconds. That was all Baszler would need to make Lana tap out to the Kirifuda Clutch, or as it's properly known as the Coquina Clutch. Yeah, man. Uh, Sometimes this is how it happens. Like I always say, outside interference is a big factor. Mm -hmm. Um, And Lana, Lana getting put in the Kira whatever clutch. Kirifuda. Kirifuda. Coquina. Coquina, Kirifuda, whatever it is. Getting stuck in one of those. Baszler's a beast, so, um, yeah. yeah. Lana's, she's done. Yeah. That's it. That's that's all it took. Yes, sir. Easy to get that tap out. Um, so it looks like we'll probably see, more than likely see Natalia and Tamina at the uh, yes, backlash. Yes, I would love Natalia and Tamina, dude, because they are, they're just fit, dude. Huh. I mean, they're, they're the ones that are going to end up taking the titles. I don't care. What anybody says, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, they're, they're the best matchup for them. So. Yeah. Uh, though Mandy Rose and Brooke, Dana Brooke still work in the shadows, too. Oh, they, they do. But, they, you know, I mean, I think with Natalia and Tamina having the more veteran experience to this, mm-hmm. they have a better chance. For and them, being so. more powerhouses themselves. Exactly. Yeah. All right. And finally, the main event was featuring Bobby Lashley versus Braun Strowman. Two weeks before the WWE Triple Threat Match for tri- Championship Triple Threat Match at WrestleMania Backlash, WWE Champion Bobby Lashley battled Braun Strowman with Drew McIntyre joining the Raw announced team. When the action moved to outside the ring, the monster soon took into took into an altercation with the Scottish Warrior. Although Strowman uh, beat the clock or beat the count back into the ring, further disruption by McIntyre allowed the Almighty to reign supreme with a spear. In the aftermath, McIntyre took Lashley and Strowman out with Claymore kicks. Took him to Claymore Country. So there was no... Was there a real... So Bobby Lashley did win in this one. So... Mm-hmm. So Braun Strowman's not going to be... It's not going to be a triple threat. Yeah, this is still going to be a triple threat. I thought it... Oh. It was... Yeah, there was no... It was, he there was the, no implications on this match. It was just... It was just a matchup before okay. the... Yeah. I got you. Yeah, um... That's how it goes sometimes. Like I... Like I said earlier, outside interference... Plays a big factor sometimes, and, and and good for Drew McIntyre getting the uh, the upper hand on both of them. Cause uh, I really do, I really do believe that he should still be champion. Right, uh, we, we both agree to that one, quite emphatically. All right, sir, are you ready to move on to AEW's Wednesday Night Dynamite? Yes, this was crazy, brother. <clears throat> yes, sir. Hey, first up, we had a finally a tag match. Yeah. What? Do what? I know. We haven't started in a tag match in a while. 
AEW World Champion and Impact World Champion and AAA Mega Champion Kenny Omega. That's too many championships. <laughs> Kenny Omega and MT Nakazawa. Triple Crown Champion Kenny Omega. Oh. With Impact's Don Callis versus John Moxley and the Mad King Eddie Kingston. Prior to the match, John Callis said Kenny Omega was unable to attend and, M- and MT Nakazawa would face Mox and Kingston on his own. Tony Schiavone informed viewers that Callis was lying as he'd seen Omega earlier in the day. As Moxley and Kingston made their way to the ring, Omega would rush them and ambush them from behind. Nakazawa and Omega double-teamed Kingston until Moxley made the save. Omega struck with another blindside shot to Moxley until Moxley countered with a sidewalk slam. Mox followed up with a uh, Topa Suicida to Nakazawa and Omega on the outside. Nakazawa hit a low blow on Kingston while uh, ref Paul Turner was distracted. They worked over Kingston in the corner turb muckle. Kenny hit with a uh, Kotaro Crusher on Kingston for a near fall. Omega was looking for a brain buster, but Kingston widened his base to prevent it. uh, And then Kingston retaliated with a stiff knife edge chop to Kenny Omega. Uh, Kingston avoided a moonsault and followed up with a big falling clothesline on Omega. Mox and Nakazawa tagged in for their respective teams. Mox stomped a mud hole in Nakazawa. Uh, and then Mox would fold Nakazawa in half with a German suplex. He blasted him with a pile driver and then Omega broke up the pin. Moxley planted Nakazawa with a half and half and then pinned Nakazawa. The AEW champs, the, uh, the Young Buck, or tag champs, a, the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson, distracting Moxley and Kingston when they appeared, to, uh, appeared in the entrance tunnel. The Good Brothers hit the ring and hit the magic killer on Moxley, and they began to stomp on Kingston. The Bucks served up super kicks on Moxley and Kingston. Omega came back out and hoisted Kingston on his shoulders for a one-winged angel. He mockingly pinned Kingston as Nick Jan- Jackson counted to three. Uh, the Elite is now evil. Um, I don't get it, bro. I think it's stupid. I love Kenny Omega. I was so happy he was coming to AEW. Um, watched him all the way back in New Japan, all that good stuff, and and I knew he was gonna be great, dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we all seen the Alpha versus the Omega match, him and Chris Jericho, and that was just like wow. And I really thought that that would be something they would carry on into AEW and just kind of keep that going, but it didn't really last very long. And no, uh, it didn't. You know, what they're doing with Kenny Omega now, it's cool he's got all these championships, but how he's got them is not. Right. I mean, I know that I'm a, a, I, I'm partial to bad guys, but I just don't see Kenny Omega as a bad guy. Mm. I just can't see it. It's kind of like looking at Shawn Michaels and going, even though Shawn Michaels does play a good bad guy when he wants to, yeah. It's just kind of like he's better off being the good guy. Right. So. Yeah, it's been it's been crazy to watch. Um, unfortunately, I don't have the same extent background of Omega's career like you do. But when he first came on, um, I was definitely in this corner when he I thought he should have won the AEW championship. I know they put it on Jericho to give it honor and prestige right off the bat. Um so I wasn't totally against Jericho having it at first. Yeah, but but I still kind of like from what I, from what I've heard from you and what we heard from leading up to the match about Omega's career, it still seemed like it would have been a pretty good prestige title to even if it fell to Omega that night um, when they battled it out for the title. But um, yeah, having Omega then I mean honestly, 
you can you can have a a quasi heel face matchups with uh, Moxley because Moxley is that anti-hero in the mold of Triple H where you're like, yeah, I can be a babyface, but yeah, I also tread the line of heel quite a bit. So Moxley can go either way. Um, I like I like that version of Moxley because obviously the end of his run as Dean Ambrose in WWE was kind of bullcrap because that's not him at all. And yeah, I, I was yeah, so glad yeah. he got out of that. I think uh, I'm happy he got out of that too. Um, I do love the fact, the creativity of it all. Mm-hmm. I just think they're being too... Um, how do I want to put it? Like too... Uh, Loose with it, you know what yeah. I mean? Uh, there's not enough structure with what's going on with the storyline, and that's where I'm kind of frustrated. Yeah, because now it kind of seems like, well, is Moxley still kind of going after Omega for the title, or is he just going after Omega because it's Omega? Yeah, and, you know, Omega holding all these titles, it's like, I mean, you, you he's your workhorse. He's the a, AEW World Heavyweight Champion. Yeah. And now you've got him being champion for Impact, being champion for this. Yeah, Triple A. It's like, are yeah. are you you combining these companies eventually, or what? What's going on here? Because, you know, you're gonna run that man into the dirt, and then he's gonna be no good to you. Right. So it's gonna end up being crazy. So we'll see what happens. All right. Next up, we had the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, with Arn Anderson taking on QT Marshall with the Factory, Aaron Solo, Nick uh, Comoroto, and Anthony Ogogo. I so pretty that. much again, all over again, right? Yeah, basically. <laughs> a fist bumping, after fist bumping the factory on the entrance ramp, QT walked into the ring on his own. Cody leapt into the ring and blasted him with rapid strikes and then standing vertical suplex, wasting no time taking the fight to QT. Uh, Cody removed his weight belt, but the referee pulled it away from him. QT had the weight belt of his own and whipped Cody with it. QT Marshall and Cody Rhodes traded shots until Cody had enough and went uh, to QT's eyes. Cody right QT's back. Uh, Cody would then climb up top, but QT met him up there and brought him down with a double underhook. Uh, QT used a deadlift suplex on Cody. QT then would meet Cody outside the ring and chopped away at Cody. QT uh, showed Arn Anderson away. Or I think that's supposed to be shoot him away. The enforcer grabbed QT by the face and began to grind at the ring post until AEW officials ran out and uh, pried him off. QT would then drop Cody with a high boot. Cody went over the top rope looking for a sunset flip and then finally planted QT with a crisp DDT. Cody hit a moonsault onto QT for a near fall. QT dodged a disaster kick and then caught Cody as Cody attempted crossroads. Let's see here. Uh, QT signaled for a diamond cutter, but Cody countered with a backslide. QT picked up Cody and buckle-bombed him. Then Cody would reverse a tombstone pile driver and nail QT but QT would kick out before three count. Uh, Cody uh, grabbed Crossroads and connected this time, but QT kicked out. QT asked for help to get to his feet, and Cody assisted him. When QT stood, he gave the middle finger to Cody. Cody locked on the fi- uh, figure four and made QT submit. Anthony Ogogo would enter the ring and drop Cody Rhodes with a bolo shot and covered up Cody with a Union Jack. Yeah, as usual, dude. Some some you know shady shit after the match, and uh, you know it's what I, what I want to say about AEW that I do enjoy though. Mm-hmm. There's more action than there's talk. Yeah. If, if you notice, when we're reading notes from AEW, 
it's all about the match. It's all about what's going on. And it's, it literally is. It's so quick, fast paced. Just, I love it because it does remind me of the independents. They kick out of everything and they put their bodies to the limit with it, which is really cool. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's nice to see Cody, you know, Cody back to being Cody, man. Yes, so. sir. I'm looking forward to hoping seeing some more action from Cody in the coming weeks. All right, rank number one, Britt Baker DMD with Rebel, not Reba. I don't know why that was mentioned, <laughs> but okay. Versus Julia Hart. Baker kicked Hart in the abdomen. She would follow it up with a sling blade clothesline. Baker then used an air raid crash, and then she made Hart submit with a, after the lockjaw. So it sounds like this was basically a squash match for Britt squash Baker. Squash match. She, she got in there. She seemed like maybe maybe she's just trying to make a statement. So. Yeah, no, she's the number one contender for the uh, women's championship yep, match, so. so the women's title. So it'll be definitely interesting to see how that goes. Up next, we have a four-way tag team eliminator match. Winner earns a future tag title match. Rank number one, SCU, Fallen Angel, Chris, Angel Christopher Daniels, and Frankie Kazarian versus uh, number two ranked Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus with Marco Stunt versus the Varsity Blondes, Brian Pillman Jr., and Griff Garrison versus number four ranked acclaimed Anthony Bowens and Platinum Max Caster. Wow. All right. So, Jungle Boy and Frankie Kazarian locked up at the start of the match. Kaz hit a short tackle on Jungle Boy and rolled him up for a near fall. Max tagged himself in, and as did Brian Pillman Jr., and then everything broke down with all the teams brawling. The acclaim displayed acclaim-worthy <laughs> tandem offense on Christopher Daniels. Bones hooked the legs of CD for a close count. Daniels planted Bones with a back heel trip. Uh, Luchasaurus got a blind tag and took out both members of the acclaimed with tail whips. He choke slammed both members of the Varsity Blondes. Luchasaurus sent Kazarian over the top rope with a choke slam. Jungle Boy tagged in and almost stole the victory over Bones until Daniels made the save. Pillman used a springboard clothesline for a near fall on Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy blasted Pillman with a clothesline. Jungle Boy would then climb to the top rope, but Kazarian tagged himself in and rocked Pillman with a clothesline. Pillman got caught in midair, and then uh, Daniels jumped off the top rope with a BME. Kazarian pinned Pillman. Next week, it will be SCU versus the AEW Tag Champs, the Young Bucks, on Dynamite. Sounds like it was a high hit, you know, hard-hitting, fast-paced match. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Kazarian and... and uh, Christopher Daniels, you know, SEU, uh -huh. pretty much the the um, the favors in this match, I would say, considering they have the most, um, the most, what am I trying to say, why am I drawing a blank? Uh, they have the most experience being a tag team together, so um, I would have liked to see Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, just because that's just me, that's, that's who I was rooting for in this match right but uh you know it's scu so there you go yes sir for now it's scu but soon i believe jurassic express will be making its way to a title match and hopefully title champions at some point down the road definitely all right sir it is now time for the main events two wrestling rings covered by one giant cage blood and guts the Pinnacle, MJF, Wardlow, Sean Spears, Dax Hardwood, Cash Wheeler with Tully Blanchard taking on the inner circle of Jericho, Sammy Guevara, Santana Ortiz, and Jake Hager. 
The rules. Two men start. After five minutes, the third man enters. The pinnacle have the advantage. Match can only end when all competitors have entered the cage. Match can only end by submission or surrender. Ooh. <laughs> Interesting. Yes, sir. Sammy entered the cage first. Dax was elected by Tully to start for his team by Tully Blanchard. Sammy sprinted across one ring and jumped onto Dax in the second ring. Dax dropped Sammy with a big shoulder tackle. Sammy would then answer with a drop kick, but Dax came back with a spine buster. Harwood climbed up to the top uh, strand, and Sammy met him up there. They bounced on the top rope, trading chops. Hardwood would, uh, was knocked down and possibly turned his knee on the landing. Sammy sent Hardwood face first into a into the cage. Excuse me. Hardwood was busted open by the chain link fence. Sammy performed a beautiful double springboard into a cutter on Hardwood. Sean Spears was next. He entered the cage with a steel chair. Spears propped or Spears propped up the chair in the turnbuckles. Sammy tried to fend off Spears and Hardwood until Spears finally waffled Sammy with the steel chair. Ortiz was in uh, next to the inner circle, and he was like a pit bull let off a chain. Ortiz chucked the chair at Hardwood. Sammy would smash Spears with a Spanish fly after bouncing off the top rope for two separate of the two separate rings. Uh, excuse me. Cash Wheeler entered the match, and Cash ran in to save Dax and then Spears. FTR connected with an assisted brainbuster on Ortiz. Spears ran Sammy into the cage, and Spears locked in a sharpshooter on Sammy. The pinnacle began to dominate here. Uh, Santana entered the fray next, and Santana cleaned house on the pinnacle. Wardlow came in and manhandled every member of the inner circle. Jake Hager jumped in and tossed FTR around, making a statement. Spears tapped on Hager's ankle lock, or yeah, or tapped to Hager's ankle lock, but the match couldn't end because not everyone had entered the match yet. Oh man, that sucks. Right. Thinking you're gonna win, but it's not over yet, buddy. Nope. Wardlow and Hager rocked each other with thunderous strikes. Hager used the cage for leverage and began to knee, uh, to knee Wardlow. MGF was next in the match. He distracted Hager after Wardlow uh, chop-blocked Hager. MGF taunted Jericho, who was watching from the outside, waiting for his turn to enter uh, Blood and Guts. The pig, uh, Pinnacle retreated to one ring and began to beat down, uh, began to beat down on Santana. Jericho was finally allowed to enter the ring. Both teams charged and met in the middle. Jericho grabbed Floyd the baseball bat. Spears tried to climb the cage, and Jericho began to choke him on the truss. FTR ripped the canvas off the ring and exposed the wood. Uh, Santana and Ortiz helped FTR with an assist with, or hit, uh, held up FTR with an assist with Sammy. They hit double spike pile drivers. Jericho connected with the code breaker. Sammy went coast to coast, dropping or drop kicking the steel chair. On the opposite side of the ring that was on Spears' face. Damn. <laughs> that was a good one. Mm. Jericho jacked MGF with a turnbuckle uh, cable. Uh, Santana pulled out of pulled out a fork and gouged MGF with it. What, what? the fuck? <laughs> a fork? Yeah. <laughs> he literally forked him. <laughs> <laughs> Jericho choked Wardlow with the baseball bat and Ortiz grinded Cash Wheeler's face in the steel cage. Jericho found his mark with a right hand on MGF's forehead. This is... Crazy. Ortiz went straight and swung a steel chair at Wardlow. I don't know what that meant, but okay. Hager rammed Wardlow with a stiff lariat. He went straight. Yeah, I don't know what that was supposed to mean, but okay. MJF escaped through the roof of the cage. Jericho climbed to the top to meet MJF up there. Jericho applied the walls of Jericho on MJF, but MJF used a heavy-handed low blow to counter Jericho. 
MGF uh, put the salt on the earth, put on the salt of the earth armbar. MJF began to bite Jericho's hand. MJF then pulled out his dynamite diamond ring and found his mark was right between Jericho's eyes. Sammy Guevara pleaded for MJF to stop and said the inner circle surrendered. Then MJF threw Jericho off the top of the cage and down onto the steel ramp. Whew! Hey man, what an ending there. Uh, making a statement, isn't he? Yeah. MJF is a dirty mother. Oh. Yeah. So. And by the way, I actually messed up on my editing. He was about to throw him off and pleaded. And then Sammy pleaded if he didn't throw him off, they would surrender. They surrendered and he still threw him off. So actually, that's what really happened for the surrender. That was bad error uh, error editing on my mark. That's all right, dude. No so, I just wanted to put that out there. At least the fact that you're he, correcting it is good. Thing. Yeah. So he threatened to throw him off. That got Guevara to surrender for inner circle, but then he still threw him off. And I'm sure, typical Jer- and I'm sure Jericho's going to be pissed and go, Why'd you surrender? You should have just let him throw me. He was throwing me anyways, you dummy. Yes. So, I'm going to laugh if he comes back all beaten and battered. He's going like to come back in a damn wheelchair. And, and then he's going to go, Sammy, you're a stupid idiot. Yeah, just like he used to on WWE. Yeah, I hope he makes a new list. <laughs> Sammy, you were—you just made my list. <laughs> yep. How many people you got on that thing already? MJF, right at the top. Oh, look at that! <laughs> Imagine that. All right, sir. It is time to motion back to WWE for Friday Night SmackDown. Let's do it, brother. Throwback SmackDown began with Jimmy Uso's return, chaos, and a high-stakes WrestleMania backlash stipulation. Still relishing in barring Daniel Bryan from SmackDown last week, Universal Champion Roman Reigns welcomed back his cousin Jimmy Uso to the show as the leader of the Yes Movement's replacement. When Seth Rollins jumped an emerging Cesaro from behind and the two superstars began to brawl prior to their highly anticipated WrestleMania rematch, Legendary General Manager Theodore Long hit the scene as part of the special throwback episode of SmackDown. By the power given to him by WWE official Adam Pearce, Teddy revealed that if Cesaro beat the SmackDown savior tonight, he would earn a right to challenge The Undertaker. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) 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 To challenge Roman Reigns at WrestleMania Backlash. That's awesome, brother. Moments later, the head of the table attacked the Swiss Superman from behind. And open the door for Rollins to hurl me to the steel chair. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't resist. I know. Uh, that was hilarious when he did that. Everybody dropped their, dropped their jaws like, huh? Hey, you're the, you're <laughs> the Undertaker, man. I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're all like, what? <laughs> anyway, so Cesaro taking on Seth Rollins for a right at making it a... Uh, a right to face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania Backlash. In the subsequent matchup between Cesaro and Rollins, and Ro- Rollins, Rollins, Rollins made it clear that he didn't want Jay Uso's help. When he shoved Jay to the ground, though, Jimmy Uso hit the architect with a super kick that paved the way for the Swiss Superman to hit the neutralizer and earn the right to challenge Roman Reigns at WrestleMania Backlash. Oh, I'm sure uh, Roman Reigns is a little pissy about this. No, I'm sure. And it probably was his own family, the reason why he's yeah, in the match. Yeah, uh, well, we'll see what happens. Carmella took on the Riot Squad leader, Ruby Riot. 
The untouchable one scored an impressive victory over Ruby Riot by making the Riot Squad superstar tap out to the code of silence out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Well, Carmella's making a statement. How you doing? Mm-hmm. I wish she would crush me with her thighs. Never mind. Whoa, bro. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> Just saying. You know you would too. <laughs> Anyways, that's besides the point. Let's get it. Let's move on with it. SmackDown Women's Champion Bianca Belair and Bailey got into a bit of a brawl. Bailey attempted to belittle SmackDown Women's Champion Bianca Belair by including her in a list of women's champions in the WWE that she felt were not at Bailey's level. This set off a war of words between the WrestleMania Backlash opponents that soon turned volatile. After Bailey got a hold of Bianca Belair's earring, she unleashed a vicious beatdown that sent a message to the EST of WWE. Interesting, interesting, and isn't it interesting that Bailey now has a title shot and Bailey and Sasha are best friends? Yes, it seems very intriguing. Does it not possibility of another triple threat match brewing? Maybe. We'll see what happens on next Friday Night Smackdown, shall we? Right. Mm -hmm. Because we haven't seen no hide of hair of Sasha lately. Mm -hmm. It's going to be intriguing to see. All right, next up. Dominic Mysterio taking on Dolph Ziggler, one half of the SmackDown Tag Champions, the Dirty Dogs. Although SmackDown Tag Champion Dolph Ziggler was scheduled to take on Rey Mysterio, the show-off goaded Dominic uh, until the younger Mysterio took his father's place and overcame him with a quick victory. Dude, that's good by Dom, dude. That's that's cool, man. Mm -hmm. Especially against somebody like Dolph Ziggler. I know... He probably got it on him because Dolph Ziggler run his mouth and, and he got him with a quick roll up or whatever. But but it's still a good good win, dude. Yes, so. sir. Makes makes for an interesting uh, card matchup coming up for the pay per view. Yes, Team Mysterio versus the Dirty Dogs. Right. Team Championships. How you doing? Father and son tag title holders could dude, possibly that be that would be like history, wouldn't it? I think so. I'm pretty sure that would be. That'd be cool. First time ever, I think. All right, next up we had Tamina taking on Reginald. After defeating Nia Jax last week, Tamina found herself in a matchup against the aerobatic, um, aerobatic, acrobatic sommelier Reginald, looking to defend the honor of WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. As soon as Tamina hit the super kick on Reginald and looked ready to hit the splash off the top rope, however, the irresistible force and the Queen of Spades. Attack Tamina to end the match. In the aftermatch, in the aftermatch, aftermath, they unleashed a vicious assault on Tamina and Natalia. Yeah, man, it's just kind of how it goes sometimes. And I, I don't know what the hell's it. up with Reginald, but uh, he's he, so weird. He needs to pick a damn side, dude. Yeah, well, I mean, he's just—he's goofy. Hurry up and just I think he's a cool as shit. I think he should be a competitor because he is very athletic. So, yes. All right, next up, we had a 10-man tag team match. King Corbin, Intercontinental Champion, Apollo Crews, Sami Zayn, Otis, and Chad Gable taking on other five opponents that really wasn't named for some reason. With bodies everywhere in the colossal 10-man tag team match set up by legendary SmackDown general manager Teddy Long, Shinsuke Nakamura failed to realize that King Corbin had tagged into the contest, opening the door for a brutal monarch, for the brutal monarch, Monarch to pick up the win for his team. Yeah, all it gives me is Shinsuke Nakamura. It's like, who the hell is the rest of the team? Yeah. It's like, 
the hell? And, uh, and, and, and those, those y'all that don't know, Cooper's been kind of absent on wrestling lately, so that's my bad, too. Yes. So, anyways. Yeah. Next up, we had the final encounter between, well, the end of the night encounter between Roman Reigns, Jimmy Uso, and all of a sudden, Cesaro. In the final moments of SmackDown, Jimmy came to the ring out of love for his brother Jay, but he turned his back on the Universal Champion Roman Reigns, who demanded that he acknowledge him. As Jay came to his brother's side in an attempt to convince him, Cesaro suddenly emerged from behind Reigns and took down the head of the table. Although Jimmy reluctantly re-entered the ring to help Jay, both Usos ended up on the canvas, and Reigns was dropped by a neutralizer from his WrestleMania Backlash Challenger. Statement made, dude. Statement made. Yes, sir. Um, I, I don't blame, you know, blame, is it Jay? Jimmy. Jimmy. I don't blame Jimmy for this either, because wasn't he taken out, so. A while ago. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, someone's got to be the, the reason in the family, and I think that he probably. Yeah. Is just not gonna put up with Roman shit. So yeah, sir. And we, he loves his brother, but he's not gonna put up with his cousin's bullshit. Yeah. We finally, finally get Cesaro an opportunity for the Universal Championship. Yeah. Um. But it's, it's gonna be not. It's gonna be, fail. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's gonna be a good match, but. Uh, Somehow, all the Usos are going to get involved with this. You also got Paul Heyman as a factor. So, mm -hmm. who knows what's going to happen with it. I, and I don't see anybody in Cesaro's corner. So Yeah, right? Because this cards are completely stacked against him right now. He's got the Roman Reigns to just deal with on the match itself. Then you got the deviousness that is Paul Heyman. Mm -hmm. And then you got the... The minion that is Jay Uso and possibly the minion of Jimmy. Yeah, we don't. Possibly, we Jimmy don't. might be the the factor that, that wins this match either way. So yeah, he's the wild card right yeah, now. Yeah. So it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. But we see now quick Jay turn. So yeah, it could end. We can see what happens. We'll definitely. Find I really out. think that. Uh, it's all just a ploy, and Jimmy's with the he's with his brother and with Roman, and mm -hmm. we're gonna see it play out. So yes, sir. we'll be seeing that next Sunday, May sixteenth, on Peacock. Don't forget if you're watching the pay per view, either watch it fully from the beginning when it starts, or wait until after it ends to watch it if you want to be able to fast forward through the bull crap because you can't do that in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah, it just sucks because, you know, we're, we're the type of people, we're busy people, you got work all the time, and, mm -hmm. and you know, we can't sometimes stay up late and watch things like that, so. Well, not only that, the paper mm -hmm. usually starts at 7. If we have the yeah. kids that weekend, you're taking them back, and by the time you're getting home, you might not feel like sitting down and watching wrestling. You might want to take a break and relax. And go to bed, yeah. And go to bed. And or wait for it to start an hour in. And, and then usually catch up. on Sundays we have a, a podcast anyways. So. Yes, sir. So we got to deal with that. So that makes things more fun and entertaining, <laughs> to say the least. So be sure to tune in tomorrow, though, of course, because we got more sports talk for you. That's right. It's baseball and basketball talk. Oh, yes. We've had the big balls and the little balls. We've had two no nos this week. No nos. No hitters. Oh, no, no. <laughs> yes, yes, on the no-nos. 
Yes, yes. We had two no no's. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. We did. Unbelievable. One controversially could have been a perfect game, but MLB's got weird, shady rules again that make things weird. It wasn't a seven-inning thing. It was just only because of what the pitch was called on, um, recorded on the scorecard. So we'll talk about that a little bit. And, of course, we'll also talk about the second no-no that wasn't actually just a regular no-no. And, of course, we got basketball talk. The Lakers are falling down into the playoff uh, play-in part of the playoffs, so it's going to be quite interesting to see what happens as we're hoping LeBron returns again soon. He missed the last two games. Uh, But, yeah, and uh, if we're on schedule, and since it'll be a basketball-baseball night, I have... uh, a, probably a disheartening thought for Lakers fans on our 100th episode. Boy, we will see what happens. Sounds yes, interesting. So I'm trying to save that for the 100th episode, so hopefully we're on time <laughs> so I can talk about it. As long as we can keep up with it, we'll be good to go. As long as, yes, you know, uh, um, schedules and whatnot Don't permit, get... we can do it. Yes, so. sir. Otherwise, it will be probably the next episode after the 100th episode because or not the next the next basketball talk after the 100th episode but so then of course tuesday um it's nascar talk and with a little bit of football because football's kind of in that dead period now where it's kind of like eh, nothing's really happening because we're out of the draft nothing's really happening anymore until you know we get to that point yep yeah some surprising releases though that we'll discuss and Cooper lost a Steeler to a rival, the Ravens. So we get to talk about that. Yeah, I don't really feel like talking about that, but I guess we're going to. So thanks, bro. You're welcome. (laughs) All right. All right. So, and then, of course, be sure to tune in next Saturday as we preview Backlash. Yes, this is going to be fun, dude. And then the following Saturday, it's going to be the recap of Backlash. I'm well going to admit, that does make our jobs a little bit easier because it's previewing and recapping. It just the only thing that sucks is I I love to to analyze you know like AEW and things like that, but we can't really analyze the pay per views because we can't ever see them. And I'm not spending sixty dollars a pay per view. I'm just not doing. Yeah. So AEW, if you actually do hear this, will you please get a network, please, so we can pay you a monthly fee. For the love of God, don't agree to Peacock. You got Universal Plus. Hell, go with Disney Plus. Well, no, wait. You want to do Blood and Guts. Disney's not about Blood and Guts. Uh, scratch that. Change that. Go over on HBO Now. Come on. Something. something Give it something. Right. Hulu. Well, Hulu. You couldn't really do Hulu. Hulu's. Well, well you, you could. You just have to tell Disney not to worry about what's going on in Hulu. <laughs> just... Pretend this doesn't happen over here. Or, you know, you do have an agreement currently with Bleacher Report. Maybe you and Bleacher Report actually make a subscription package. That would be cool. That would be fun. So, because you do have an agreement with Bleacher Report to do some of your pay-per-views through them directly. So, come on, figure this stuff out. Yeah, because I guarantee more people would be watching if you had a subscription. Yeah, a network subscription and say we can get your pay-per-views. So I will give you credit. You don't smack us with a pay-per-view every freaking month either. 
Yeah, that's kind of nice. Yeah. So it's a little nice that way. Yeah, I think that WWE has become a little lackluster with all the pay-per-views we always have and the fact that that they put them out as much as they do. I think that's why we look at, like, the major ones and we're like, yes, because you know the major ones are always going to have something good happen, like uh, SummerSlam, Royal Rumble, you know, Mm -hmm. Survivor Series, and WrestleMania. Yeah, the four big ones. So, yeah, the four major players. And you still get you still get a couple here and there. You where get a couple like, of them like whoa, like Fastlane this year. I was like, what? Yeah, another one we used to like to watch was the Great American Bash because you usually got something good out of that. Oh yeah, it's right around you know right around Fourth of July, all that good stuff. So it was always fun too. You know, actually, I thought about it because they usually run about for themselves, four to five. Why don't they just do like a package yearly package subscription? Like if they do four. Tw- pay a hundred bucks for all four, twenty five bucks a piece. No clue, bro. I'd just be, I'm, but you know, I'm just talking about AEW. So. You know, so Matt, WWE, we love you for at least trying, but for the love of God, fix your peacock problems. Yes, please. That sounds weird to say, doesn't it? <laughs> fix your peacock. Problems. This peacocking thing is not fun, dude. No. All right. Anyways, we love you guys, and you know. Keep keep listening. Keep you know, keep an eye on everything because we've got our hundredth episode coming, and we've yes, got sir. some big changes coming to our logo soon. Ooh, yes, excited. sir. We're so. getting ready for a little bit of a rebranding, and we're hoping we can reveal it on our hundredth episode. Yes, baby. It's That's gonna be up. fun on a bun. And don't forget, we'll be doing that episode live. Hundredth episode live on YouTube. So be sure to subscribe to that YouTube channel. You can find it, and if you don't know, you check our social media, you'll find it. Trust me, you can't miss it. Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man on YouTube. Look it up. Yep. Dang it. Yep, look it up. Look it up. Just like the podcast. Hello. Duh. All this major YouTube. platforms. Come on, guys. Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. We're there somewhere. You can find us. Anyway, so that'll do it for us here at Sports Talk. And as always, keep, keep on talking, talking sports. sports.